Well, there is that. <laughs> Did you just now start the recording? <laughs> you betcha. All right. Good morning, good evening, where maybe across the nation around the world. Once again, you're going to listen to a very, very short talk show recording today. We just noticed oh, we're no. three quarters of the way in, and we just noticed that the new talk show was not recording, which is fantastic because you don't get to listen to us chatter all at the beginning. It used to auto start. Now we figured out how to now make it auto start. But we also figured out that if we don't start it, it doesn't start. So. There you go. So this is going to be a very short recording. It's we're sorry, we're talking. Start. We're start. We're talking about the experts, and uh, and you probably missed it. So uh, because we didn't record, we're 45 minutes in. But we are talking about the experts and the sub programs, and we're with Corey Romero talking to us about the pro program that's uh, launching, as well as automation in the tool is going to pick up the V expert sub programs now so that voting and response back to all the applicants that apply for a sub program will make a difference. So we're just jumping in and talking about the pro program. So Corey, you, you outlined the pro program as a, a recruitment program for leaders in country. Is that correct? Right. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yep. Yep. So announcing the sub program, which is the pro program, um, which we're going to announce 40 some pros. I'm just giving you a summary of the conversation so we can get on with the recording here. Um, 40 pro program, uh, sub programs for the V expert pro program, which are going to be basically trained recruiters. Um, Oh, yes. And the Valdis here mentions that if you want to get the full recording, uh, you can go to facebook.com slash VMTN community uh, and the the live stream, the uh, Facebook live stream has the whole show. So oh, yeah. There you go. Even though we didn't oh, get excellent. it on audio, excellent. if you really want to hear the whole show, you can go to facebook.com slash VMTN community and we have the whole live stream there. Perfect. Maybe I'll go get the audio file from that and uh, upload it to talk to you for oh, fun. Hey, that's go. another way to pick that up. Uh, anyway, so moving on, the pro program, 40 pros going to be announced um, in, a, in another week or so, and they will be kind of our ambassadors for the VXPERP program to recruit and help people in countries that have never heard of VXPERT. Uh, learn about it. What does it mean to be evangelist? And also translating a lot of the content that we do have right mm -hmm. into uh, into into uh, native language. So we have some slide decks. Uh, what what does it mean to be a V expert? Uh, what are the benefits? Uh, uh, engaging with your ecosystem, going to V mugs. Uh, where are the places to engage? So we have some slide decks that we're working on, and then those slide decks can be translated by the expert pros in region. And then they can kind of be the basis and catalyst for growing uh, what it means to be an evangelist in a particular country. Got it. So Valdester has been working on that, so we're really excited about that. We're going to launch that along with the, the sub-program tool upgrades uh, on the VExpert app. Awesome. All right. So, all right. So we've, we've jumped through that. Next thing we want to talk about is, uh, well, which one should I do first? I guess we'll do VExpert exclusions. Ooh. Yeah, one's good. So why don't you tell us a little bit about VExpert exclusions? Yeah, so um, hmm. I'm not sure where to start yeah, here. You don't have to be uh, positive about this one. <laughs> you can say, oh, yeah, great. But, uh, yeah, this is a touchy subject. It so, is touchy. So you go for it. We'll see how you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks, thanks, Eric. Actually, uh, I can't hear you. What, what was that? <laughs> I think we, I think we have, have a bad connection. I can't hear you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, so exclusion. So um, we have noticed in the past um, 18 months or so um, that that we have some of the experts who are using the platform, uh, the whole entire vExpert platform, um, as a competitive tool. And what I mean by that is we've seen um, conversations in our various tools or channels, uh, directly direct private vExpert conversations, and those conversations have been used in marketing material against VMware. Um, so uh, we, we've seen that. We've also seen um, uh, other activities where uh, you know the, the, the individuals just simply are no are no longer talking about VMware products and solutions. Um, that they're talking about uh, other competitive products and solutions. Um, so we've we've seen a few other things. Eric, I know you have things to add here as well. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. And me and Corey are just talking to ourselves here, John. But you can you can maybe interview both of us here. Yeah, yeah. I, no, so actually, uh, I'm I'm pretty curious about this because like what you're seem to be describing is some kind of like organized campaign by other companies to get have their employees become V experts and right. then listen in on V expert conversations like on the Slack channel or at a meetup or something like that and then just mine that information and go directly into like competitive marketing. Yeah, we have seen that this year. Um in, in, in prep past years, every once in a while we have to, you know, threaten to kick somebody out of the, the program. Although you can't really kick them out because it's an awards program. Right. Um you can take away their awards or take them off the mailing list so they don't get mail mm -hmm. uh for existing events that are happening, right? And right. we've had to do that where you know V experts have gotten really nasty on Twitter. Where yeah, yeah. we're like, okay, you know, that was totally inappropriate. We've had totally inappropriate, you know, male female conversations where yeah, we, we've had yeah. a ban or threatened to ban people. And normally, we get a, a, an immediate apology. People are really good about it. You mm -hmm. know, they got carried away. They they lost their minds. They apologize, and then we let's allow them to stay in the mm -hmm. uh, kind of on a like a probation perspective. Uh, but in the last couple of years, we've actually seen yeah this activity where. Um, we've also grown the VExpert program, and we allow uh, ecosystem partners to use the VExpert brand. Right? right. So this is why you see so many VExpert T-shirts and you know giveaways and so forth because you know it's an evangelist program, but we've just scaled it out because we believe community is an ecosystem, right. and and therefore letting ecosystem people uh, you know run uh, VExpert you know events and mm -hmm. use the expert VExpert brand. John Troyer, for instance, runs VExpert, you know, events. Mm -hmm. um, he runs VExpert events at quasi competitors, right? Sure, um, sure. But but he he does it in a respectful way. He does it in a transparent way, and you know he he, he doesn't hurt the brand, right? Mm -hmm. And he respects the brand. So in those cases, we've we've let uh, the VExpert program be fairly open and transparent and inclusive, right? But there have been some individuals, as well as you know, a company or two that have kind of stepped out on the edge with regard to using the VExpert program as a marketing platform, right? Oh, um, wow. And as a collecting collection of, you know, VExperts, right, where we run a VExpert event, and all the VExperts are there, and then, uh, you know, somebody stands up and starts marketing their product, which is maybe a direct competitor to our product, right? Right. And, and so in those situations, um, we've been receiving, you know, feedback from, 
BUs uh, as well as some of our executives going, hey, get the V-Expert program under control, right? You're, right. you're seeing more and more of this behavior. We're going to have to do something to prohibit that type of behavior. Right. Uh, and we've never really put together a policy, you know, that, that said, here's the behavior. This is what we're looking at. And this is, uh, and this is how we're, we're going to actually exclude individuals as well as possibly exclude companies. Mm. Right? Um, mm-hmm. And so that's where we're headed uh, for next year. We're that's gonna, really unfortunate that, you know, it seems like in an ecosystem that people would understand, uh, well, especially like with an advocacy group, if, I mean, why would you try to invade somebody else's advocacy group to advocate right. your own product? Like just create your own advocacy group, right? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I, I think that uh, they, you know, some competitors see it as a war, right? Yeah. Uh, and there are no rules in war. Right? Okay. Um, I think that's, if I were to kind of quantify it, mm-hmm. that's the way I look at it, as, is they look at it as potentially that this is an all-out competitive situation, uh, and we should use every, everything we can at our disposal to, to win, win the business. And yeah, it, that's really unfortunate to yeah. like, um, be in a situation where you observe behavior, and that it just seems like that's the only explanation of, of what it could be because you know these are relationships and people and you know people and relationships should transcend companies and current jobs and you know you, if you you know gracefully advocate and, and do your job like you can take that reputation with you wherever you go but if you if you completely burn out your reputation in a specific uh, you know quote unquote warlike uh, competitive situation then you know that that's what you take with you. That's, yeah. that's so uh, disappointing. Yeah, I, th- I, th- really I, disappointing. I, I think it is quasi-anti-community, right, to, to be doing that. And unfortunately, even if I look at the, uh, you know, kind of the need for this, uh, it's sad because it, the need for it, maybe it's only 25% of a given company's uh, mm-hmm. Uh, employees are are kind of engaged in that kind of behavior, right. and that seventy five percent of the people are great people that you know, obviously understand what we're talking about. Right. right. Uh, but that doesn't. Uh, but the twenty five percent can ruin it for the seventy five percent. Sure. Yeah. Right? Um, and and I think that's what we're we're now experiencing. That's right? really Is too that, bad. Um, and we have uh, yeah, attempted over the last yeah. uh, over the last year to let individuals know that this is not good behavior and to yeah. knock it off, right? Corey, um, can, can you yeah. maybe describe that that process of like kind of trying to use, like avoid this kind of thing at all costs, like the kind of things that you've gone through personally and maybe what we organizationally have tried to do um, to not not take this step? Uh, you mean not, not to take the step in the, in the competitor policy that we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. To have oh, yeah, know, we, what, we've had what kind of discussions have we, yeah, we, have we had with the so individuals? We've, we've had discussions. Yeah, we, usually when we see something like this pop up in the community, um, I'll send a note off to someone. I, I sent a note off to someone last night, um, for, you know, to, for some you know violated some other some other you know terms of service, um, but it wasn't as, it wasn't as serious as a, as a competitor policy or a competitor issue. Um, right. This was just an individual having another issue with an individual. So usually those types of things, I'll reach out personally and have a discussion with them. Say, hey, this is what we saw. Um, can you kind of explain the reason behind this, your action? Um, and so usually we start the conversations off like that. Um, you know, this this one is this one's a little bit different. 
right? Where it's it's uh, you're seeing it where it's absolutely deliberate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, we have uh, through back channels, through John Troyer, through others, mm -hmm. communicated um, the 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 need to stop using the expert gatherings and the expert brand uh, to have competitive conversations, right? Um, it doesn't seem to have any ha any effect. Right. right? Um, they right. still uh, show up and they still do sessions where they're just talking about how they're great and, you know, v uh, VMware products are no good and it's a VXpert, you know, sponsored event, right? Wow. So, okay. um, in the end, uh, it's not going to be a surprise. Uh, it might be a surprise to the 50 or 60% of the people that are you know a part a part the of the company right or, or part of these companies. Yeah. But in the end, I think what we have to remember is the VXPert program is a marketing program, and mm -hmm. because it's a marketing program, we're here to do marketing. You really shouldn't be going to a VXPert activity, right, and talking about competitive uh, your competitors' products, right? Even if they're your products, don't go to a VXPert pro, uh, party or go to a VXPert event or go to the expert talk or a tweet up or whatever the expert activity is and start talking about your product if it competes with our product hmm. because that's not what the expert event and sponsorship and engagement is about right? right but clearly that message has been communicated and ignored because they you know people can't resist the opportunity of convincing all of their expert peers and so i think the expert program might have gotten a little bit of the you know we're V experts, and therefore we're going to convince you that this V strategy is better than a different V strategy, right? Yeah. So the the idea that the brand is somehow makes you an expert, and therefore you should be able to market a better expert opinion, it kind of I, maybe that's a function of the V expert brand that has kind of convinced people that that's what the group is about. Uh, yeah. But not so much. That's too bad because yeah. it just feels like. What you're describing is that the V expert program is kind of getting gotten caught in the crossfire of uh, like a what should be a like meritocratic competition between two product teams. Um, so you know you know somehow you know this this program in this group has gotten caught up in that, and that's that's just too too bad. Yeah, I think it's a function of. Corey, myself, and others in the VXpert leadership business being very community-oriented, mm -hmm. right? And therefore, kind of running a program very open and very community-focused. And we never really, you know, take it from a look of what's best for VMware, but we tend to look at it what's best for a community. But uh, on occasion, mm -hmm. you know, you give everybody too much rope, and sooner or later, we'll hang ourselves. Um, yeah, that's too bad. And and you you have to remember that we work for a company that is, and we work for the marketing, you know, CMO for the company, mm -hmm. and we're here to market our products. And so every once in a while, you have to come back through and make some, uh, some adjustments. That and, and we have a slide deck that talks, you know, community values, right, and marketing values, and right. there's some of them that are indirect competition, right? <laughs> uh, things that community wants to do is sometimes against the things that you're trying to do. And we always blend that, right? Sure. And sometimes the line drifts too far over to the marketing side. Sometimes the line drifts too far over to the community side. And yeah, yeah. in this case, the line on the, the expert land has 
drifted pretty heavily into the, well, we share the brand with everybody. We allow all kinds of events to happen. We allow these to happen. And, you know, we do have to bring a little bit of that line back over into the middle. Right. So Got it. So you're talking about, you know, maybe like the uh, employees of a company or even the company itself saying, listen, we have a directly competing product. We view it as directly competing, like that that company saying this. Um, but we're still going to sponsor like a a V expert event. Have you know invite a bunch of V experts to come over and then market like heavily and you know you know in a very like direct manner market this competing product and tell you that VMware stuff is garbage or, or whatever. That's just again that's disappointing. Um, it yeah. seems self defeating and. And you know, reputation spans beyond right. you know one but, thing. But I, I, I can I can throw back to the days, uh, and, and you know, it's not that bad as, as you would think. I throw back to the days when we were in a pitch battle against Microsoft, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where Microsoft basically wanted to put us out of business, built their own hypervisor. Everywhere they went, they talked about their hypervisor and why their hypervisor is the hypervisor to use in. Nobody should use VMware. In fact, VMware should be out of business because Microsoft should just embed it in the OS and we should go away. And um, in those days, we would not have Microsoft the experts. We would just say, mm-hmm. sorry, Microsoft is trying to put us out of business. It's a direct competitive situation. If you're from Microsoft, go become a, a MVP. MVP and be happy. Right. Mm-hmm. Once uh, right. the competitive situation died down and all of a sudden we're doing collaborative work together across the, across the businesses and there isn't this, you're trying to put us out of business, then, you know, those kind of th- policies can change. And I think in this, there will be occasions where we'll find ourselves direct, com- directly competing against a company that wants to put us out of business. And rightfully, maybe we want to put them out of business. Right. And in those situations, it's probably best. We just say, you go to your <laughs> corner, do your stuff. We'll do our stuff. And in the end, you know, it's not actually a real world where we're trying to kill each other. Right. But in the end, your customers will decide where, where things lie and maybe things will, you know, cool down, the market will decide, and maybe we'll play nice together later. So in the situation where the two companies view themselves as direct competitors, maybe their employees shouldn't join each other's advocacy programs. That's that's pretty much what I would say. And okay. unfortunately, you might be an advocate. You might have been a expert for many years, yeah, right? Before you joined uh, that but company then you even. join Microsoft, and Microsoft is trying to put us out of business, and so uh, you're probably most likely rationally should just go be an MVP for Microsoft and right. and and drop your VXpert status for, for oh, some geez. of the foreseeable like, future. I'm now like you've just made me really uncomfortable. Like I, I just suddenly, you know, wonder if there's people who have been hired on the basis of the fact that they're V experts and then have their boss or somebody at the company come to them and say, Listen, we need you to like relay all this like, you know, any problem information on V expert chats like or 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 Turn around. Yeah. You have to. Mar- uh, that's just that's so ugly. Yeah, so and ugly. I, I'm not sure. Like I say, I, I'm not even sure it was the corporation as much as it was the evangelists themselves gathering together mm. and deciding that this would be a great strategy to move their company forward. Okay. Uh, so I think it was more at the evangelist roots. 
that uh, decided to take this strategy and thought it was cool to be able to maybe hijack the the expert event or the or the V expert messages, right? Because they believe that their message was better. And I, I think it is a collection of people that do that at a company. I don't think it's like the Microsoft big hyper V giant competitive situation, although it can be. But in the end, we're going to produce a policy that any company that is. Uh, that is directly competing with us, um, where it makes sense logically that we should probably, you should have your evangelist program, we'll have ours, and uh, we'll draw a line between those two. Uh, it's probably where we're going to head. Uh, and then we're going to have a little bit more uh, rule, rule definition of what it looks like to get kicked out as an individual. So if you're not at a big company, but let's say you're at a partner or you're at you know a, a consulting shop and you're showing up evangelizing our competitive products, right? Uh, we might also exclude you hmm. as an individual. Right? Mm-hmm. So getting a little bit into that now, as the program gets bigger, that makes sense. So that's what we're doing. So you heard it here first. Uh, it's unfortunate and disappointing, but yeah. uh, understandable maybe. Yeah. Um, maybe it'll maybe it'll settle itself out. Uh, but uh, as any big giant program gets bigger and bigger. That's just the kind of the world we live in. Um, Statistically more likely yeah. to have back. That I wish I didn't have to encrypt my hard drive and see 25% of my CPU <laughs> sitting around on Microsoft buzzing, just encrypting every key, new keystroke. But for some other reason, I still I I do have to do that because the world it requires me to. Right. Uh, last thing we should talk about is. Uh, cloud. We've had some of the expert issues around, you know, cloud and. Uh, the licensing around our current products. So the expert, uh, Corey, as we know, uh, reward you know all the experts with licenses, uh, yearly licenses. The idea is that uh, you can set up your home lab, run your licenses, and uh, be a happy camper, right? You know, learning our products and and then evangelizing about our products, and that's that's the whole idea behind the expert program. Things change a little bit when we're talking cloud, right? Yeah, absolutely. You no longer have that uh, that individual hardware, you know, laying around that's you know pretty much free for as an individual individual to use. Right? You're now relying on hardware that sits out in the cloud. So yeah, there, there's definitely a, a, a different different uh, direction here uh, when it comes to licensing and cloud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, one of the things that we were running into is people spinning up uh, VMC on AWS, uh, VMware Cloud on AWS. They give you a 30-day license, right? Um, really? To evaluate, yep, the software. There's a now free 30-day VMC and AWS license, and they give you a one-node data center, which mm-hmm. would allow you to run, you know, 20 VMs or whatever you can on a one-node data center. I'm not even sure. 25. Yeah, 25, something like that. Um, but if you only get 30 days, which is like $3,000 worth of, uh, you know, tokens, right, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to use, if you're not careful and you don't turn it off at the end of the month. You will get a bill for another three thousand dollars the next month, right? and and, uh, and and we're not particularly good at letting you know that you're you've consumed up your 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 tokens. And in order to enable that cloud license, the experts have to uh, use their credit card, right? uh, even though you have the tokens. Uh, and on occasion, we have had people in the past that have accidentally not done that, and they write us a help us mail, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I've got a bill for X thousands of dollars, and you know, could you please help us make this go away? I was just writing blog articles. I was doing this, and in the past, we have, you know, if I have budget sitting around that I haven't committed to, right. to things, uh, you know, I'll try to help out if I can because you're the expert. 
this is going to become a problem as we go into AWS and we have VMC on AWS and we have other uh, like Wavefront, you can get a trial license on Wavefront. Right. You can get a trial license on, uh, you know, uh, st- the high availability in uh, DRS, right? So as we're adding cloud services, you can get these trials and you can go use them, right? Licenses, we can't give you free. Li- we can give you a free license, but you still have the hardware cost on the AWS. Yeah. You have the hardware cost uh, on these cloud services uh, in. Uh, uh, home labber and others would set up their own hardware right, right. that was fine we give you a free license you're paying the electric bill you're paying for the hard drives and this and your home lab gear that's your three thousand uh, dollars all we're covering is the license cost when you go to cloud and now you're not using your home lab you're not paying for power you're not paying for ac you're not paying for the hardware that's coming from the cloud vendor so what you're saying is somewhere somebody got billed and maybe in the past, like you've been able to say, okay, like I'll, you know, this seems like a one-time thing. I'll, I'll pay that bill. But as the program scales and as more people have access to this, like that's just not going to be possible. Yeah, that's it's not scalable. It's not scalable. Right. Yeah, it's not scalable. Yeah. And you know, AWS is expensive. Right? Yeah. So yeah. if you have a, if you have a one-node data center, you know, that's three grand a month. Right. Yeah. Like. I run some, you know, native data, you know, elastic sky capacity that I, mm-hmm. you know, set up on AWS and we run the VExpert app on AWS native, right? Uh, right. Just in the elastic compute environment. You and, you know, that bill is maybe $500 a month, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe 1500 a quarter. Uh, and I cover that out of my, my, my budget. But um, when you start getting a, a data center assigned to you, right, right? And then you spin up some wavefront and a couple other things, it's pretty easy to get a 6000 a month bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got to be really careful because uh, I can't cover that right, right. kind of not only that, but now I scale it across two thousand VX. If anybody yeah. does this right, and even six thousand dollars, I can't cover because that's the cost of thing. That's the cost of all the VMware jackets we gave away at VMworld, right? right? Mm-hmm. So um, you know, it takes away from programs if I have to cover the expert. And it's not like it's free. I can just call somebody like. Me and Corey call the license yeah. people and just say, make it go away. yeah, yeah, make it go away. It's just a license. And they yeah. go, oh, okay, you know, sure, we can give this guy a license. Right. No, this is cost that somebody has to pay Amazon. Right. Right. It shows up in somebody's budget and Amazon. Now, ideally, it'd be nice to get uh, as our cloud matures with the different cloud vendors, whether it's IBM or Amazon or Microsoft, it'd be great to have a connection where we could call them and say, make it go away. Right. And if we had that, I would certainly try to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, hey, Amazon you already had those servers in the rack. It's not like you incurred maybe an extra, some extra power because it was doing some workload. Mm-hmm. If we had those channels, I would certainly be able to do that. And maybe as our offerings mature, we'll get that, that all the way through where I could call Amazon and say, hey, this guy got in trouble, make it go away. But we don't have that right now. Yeah. Uh, and so um, that's one thing to say that... The other thing is this is going to change how everybody does licenses, right? It's, right. it's just not an accidental, the expert that, that, that we're talking about here. This is also about how are home lab people going to experience software in the future. As more and more things move to cloud, the idea of having your home lab and getting these, you know, being able to set up this free environment that you can go write and write your blog articles and tests and so mm-hmm. forth. I think that's going to be go- going away, and I, I don't see an easy answer to having free SaaS services all over the place available for you to write your articles. Right. Yeah. So I'm not sure how to solve that yet. Yeah, yeah. As that matures, that 
you know, that'll be an interesting thing to see. Like, I, I wonder, yeah, I could have sworn that those 30-day instances, like, self-destructed, but maybe there's a special uh, V-Expert version that doesn't self-destruct? No, no, I don't think they self-destruct. Really? <laughs> yeah, no, in fact, I know they don't because we have people that have called us going. See, because if you do that on Amazon, mm-hmm. Amazon gives you a 30-day trial directly on Amazon, mm-hmm. and they let you know and they turn it off. Amazon will go, hey, your your 30-day trial's up. It's expiring. We're shutting it down. Please blah, blah, blah. So right. Amazon does that. VMware doesn't do that. Really? Yeah, so you set up a, you know, a trial data center on a VMC and AWS. VMware does not do anything. Mm, okay. Yep. Um, so we might be able to fix some of that over time, uh, but uh, we don't have budget to fix it now. I feel bad for the, the people. I'm hoping somebody else jumps in and rescues them, mm-hmm, right, as mm-hmm. they escalate up through the myriad of chains that you can escalate up through. Um, it did go up pretty high. Uh, one of these escalations went up pretty high to the executive staff and kind of got pushed down like, yeah, no, the customer did this um, uh, now, a uh, couple solutions here just for everybody. One, if you're going to go do this, get your company to buy you. You know, get get your you know, go talk to your management and say, hey, I'd like to I'd like to have some budget to do some exploration on mm-hmm. you know on AWS, right? So that you you have your company commit you know some dollar amount like to to have have access to some of these services. That might be a good strategy. Maybe look for some corporate sponsorship for your blog article mm-hmm. and look for a one-time dollar amount that you can get from a sponsor to be able to go you know, spin up some services for a quarter to be able to write these articles. Um, and I think this is going to be a shift that we're going to have to deal with across uh, all the bloggers, right? Yeah. As, as, as services are no longer free services, software that you download and set up in your home lab. These are cloud services that you have to set up and run for the duration of your articles. Um, you know, there, I think we're going to have to come up with some way to transition article writers into some other mode. I look at, uh, there's that gym service now where instead of joining a gym, you can get a, a fast pass kind right. of uh, gym membership where you can then just go through and use your fast pass and go to any 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 gym course you'd, you'd like right. to go attend. Mm-hmm. And I think there must there's going to need to be something like that for evangelists, right? And that, if you want a startup idea, that might be a good one. Right? You could <laughs> aggregate up and sell a a hundred dollar a month membership that allows you to go use fast pass cloud services across you know some number of cloud mm-hmm. uh, you know be used to have have evangelists and harness the idea of the need to have an easy way to spin up cloud services and do blog articles. Right. Um, that might be a good startup for somebody to do. Um, yeah, it's a good idea. We might try to look at that ourselves, we but could uh, we don't have anything like that right now. Also, maybe we could have our 30-day trial self-destruct so that people don't have this problem. Yeah, or at least turn off, right? Yeah. You know, you know, uh, shut down. So that I think if VMs aren't booted or the whole node stuff isn't booted, then you don't get charged. You're only charged if you've got the things running. So guys have left things running, and that's where you get into trouble. But we could absolutely, on the 30-day trial, say, hey, at the end of 30 days, we're going to turn off all the nodes, and right. you have to go in and swipe your credit card to turn it back on again, yeah. right? Or at least answer a question. Um, but I think each cloud service you want to go run is going to have different terms, yep. right? Because there is no fast pass cloud automation that just 
gives you access and uh, you pay some little fee to do it. So each one of these is going to be different uh, for the foreseeable future. So, uh, Corey, me and you can uh, work on some of that. Um, I think we've only had a few of these, right? Yeah, we have. We Just, just a handful. Not very many yeah. at all. But we don't have that many people writing articles on cloud services yet either. Right. So. All right. Do they get free data exfiltration? Or do they have to pay for the data charges that are leaving VMware Cloud on AWS? I think the tokens, are they give you enough tokens. To, everything that's charging, mm-hmm. you know, you have to pay for. But your tokens cover, you know, generally a month of usage. But it's not like they, they don't really cover the time. They cover the usage charges. Oh, okay. So here's a, here's a gift card for this much credit. Yep. Now you could spin up a bunch of stuff. Yep. Oh, okay. you can so burn it all in a day. I, w- right. I wonder if that's what happened. If they didn't actually use the 30 day, like one node thing and they set up like a four node um, and then just left it running. They did. They just, yep. So, okay. So now four they, they, they left it running the longer than a month anyway. Oh, uh, so they got hit because they left it. They had enough to cover what they were running, but they didn't turn it off. Got so it. Got in it. this case, but there, I, there, I think there was one last year where somebody went and set up a bunch, right? Mm-hmm. And it literally lasted them five days. Mm-hmm. And he was out of credits and he left it run for two and a half weeks. And so he also got a double the, you know, yeah. a $6,000 bill because, yeah. you know, you can't set up giant stuff. And and it's pretty clear they they tell you this, but yeah, if you're yeah. not paying attention, a lot of these things say "click here to accept the terms." Click, uh, click next, in cloud next. services, the terms are actually kind of important. Yeah, 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 yep. Okay. Well, we're at the top of the hour. Uh, sorry for all those guys that we didn't uh, start the uh, the podcast uh, recording on time because of the new interface on TalkShoe. Uh, and I know that you won't get notified that it's on uh, Facebook, uh, but if you're if you want to hear the first part of the conversation about the experts, uh, feel free to go to facebook.com slash VMTN community and uh, our live stream uh, will be there. And uh, I think we're at the end of the day. Corey, uh, when are apps open back up again? So applications for the 2019 program open up uh, November 1st. So just right around right. the corner. Right around the corner, and this is where the new policies will apply. We've got the new subgroup app app up 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 and up the app. Uh, Martin is still adding features to the app, so the app continues to grow from the badges to your subgroups to other nice features. So thanks to him, Martin, for doing all that hard work that he does. And I know you you work with him, and Valis here works with him. So thanks for all the all the work you do on moving the program forward and scaling. I know we were hoping to you know make a, a couple thousand with the VExpert Pro and recruit people in countries. We're looking at the in-country of the experts now very closely to see how we can grow those. So excited to cross the couple thousand the expert threshold as we go into 20, 2019. So thanks for all the hard work. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. With that, we'll, we'll end and uh, we will have uh, um, a guest next week. We've got committed uh, uh, Pivotal uh, Kubernetes, uh, PKS. So we've got a guest coming in next week to talk about what's container new. Service. Yep, uh, the container service and uh, on-prem as well as cloud. So it should be, should be a great talk. Uh, things are moving pretty fast with uh, Kubernetes and uh, containers. So should be fun fun talk next week. Uh, in, until then, uh, have a great rest of your week. And uh, barbecue, I don't know. I'm still on a diet. So anybody got any interesting barbecue stories to close out? No. I'm going to try to do a brisket this weekend. Yeah.
but maybe like a quarter. I don't know how you can do a quarter, but I'm going to try to do it. going to do a quarter or brisket. Yeah, uh, maybe just the flat or just the point. For those of you who know I raise bees. Um, I have never barbecued a bee. I haven't barbecued a bee, but uh, I went up to, <laughs> to harvest some honey and uh, uh, opened up the hive and looked down and realized I had not put my bee white pants on. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was a mistake. Ooh. <laughs> 20 stings later. Wow. It's <laughs> like... So uh, if you're going to barbecue, make sure you have your bee pants on. Okay. Otherwise, it gets right. kind of fun. I did the bee run dance, which is <laughs> beekeeper run down the street going, ow, ow, ow. Have you done any um, Internet of Things with your bees? Your uh, I Not recently, no. I have not. Um, I have done it where I put a, a raspberry pie with a scale so you could watch the honey uh, come in and out uh, honey on, on a day, yeah. uh, day-by-day basis. Uh then the, I fried the raspberry pie, you know, oh, and, wow. and okay. I haven't, I haven't gone back and done it again. So. I, I really just asked so I could say Eric Nielsen putting the API in apiary. Uh-huh. Very nice. <laughs> All right, with that, we're getting punchy hungry. So we'll talk to you again next week. Corey, thanks a lot. Yep, thank you. <laughs>